You're listening to the ANA Podcast Network, powered by Odyssey, a leading multi-platform audio content and entertainment company. Listen on the Odyssey app. Hello and welcome to the Marketing Futures Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Burbridge. Today, we're back with another edition of the Masters of Brand Masters series, recorded on-site at the 2023 ANA Brand Masters Conference in Bonita Springs, Florida. Today, we bring you part two of my conversation with Kevin Miller, CMO of The Fresh Market and 2021 CMO Innovator of the Year. Kevin took us through Fresh Market's foray into live streaming and shared how shoppable video transformed the way the brand goes to market. That's brilliant. And I think I love that, obviously, it's just do the work and be strategic about it. Right. And you will get rewarded, right. uh, no pun intended. But um, also, just to think that boldly, I think a lot of times marketers, uh, their categories unnecessarily restrain them. Yeah. You weren't looking for the best grocery memberships no. around the world. You wanted to see what, you know, what... These luxury Japan. and this and that yeah, and around right. everything, and I think that that stepping all the way outside, yeah, um, it obviously can yield some incredible results. Yeah, so just kudos for the courage and the the discipline, kind of meshed into one. Um, just super cool stuff. Thank you. Of course. So, retail media networks are like. At least in the last year or two, they've been very, very big, bearded up. You launched the U.S.'s first shoppable video live commerce retail media network in partnership with the video tech company Firework. Could you tell us what it took to make that a reality and what the results have been so far? Oh, yeah. So um, retail media, everyone is... Um, Touting that it's new and and <laughs> it's like an, uh, well, it's been around a long time. I started off at well, McDonald's in the '80s, and McDonald's did the movie partnerships with uh, Disney, and retail media was putting uh, Cinderella or Lion King on cups mm-hmm. and on uh, you know what we call back then translites, which were the menu boards. And so there's always been the partnership between the vendors and uh, and the retailers. If it's in aisle displays and end caps and all that's retail media. So as we move now more toward the digital and the technical platforms, it's opening up some more opportunities for companies. It's really seeing some huge successes with retail media networks. Walmart Connect, mm-hmm. you know, those guys uh, did $2 billion last year in the business. So. Obviously, everyone wants to take a look at it and what they can do. We can't copy the big guys. Mm-hmm. We're not going to have as much audience as the big guys. We have to zig where everybody else is zagging. We stumbled upon the retail media network because our uh, proof of concept year with live video, I mean, excuse me, shoppable video and live commerce was 2022. When we were trying a number of things to continue to grow our business, uh, we met the firework team. I had always wanted to include video in our emails for both uh, the fresh market as well as my previous 
CMO job at uh, Natural Grocers, you know, the technology just didn't really support it. And when I found out that this new technology of shoppable videos were based upon APIs that will allow us to embed the, these videos into our emails and our website, I thought that was pretty cool. So we tested it and we found that our customers really spent a lot of time watching these videos. And it was stunning in terms of the engagement rate, the conversion rate, the uh, click-throughs, they were all four and five and seven and 10x higher than industry standards and everything else we were doing. And uh, the philosophy of Firework and their CEO is, you know, live shopping works well in Asia because they don't really have the social networks that we have. We tried to force live shopping into social networks here in the U.S. And social networks, despite what everyone will tell you, isn't really the place people go to shop. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't really go to Facebook or Instagram to shop or TikTok. You go there to engage socially with your friends or do whatever you do on those particular platforms. And so if a customer then comes, the theory is that if a customer comes to your website or they're reading your emails, there only one reason why they're reading your email or going to your website because they're interested in shopping with you as a business. So if you can do a better job of informing, educating, and making it easier for them to transact, then that should be a big win. Absolutely. And, uh, and that's exactly what we saw. It was so good that I didn't tell anybody about it. I didn't tell my <laughs> boss. Because <laughs> I wanted to see if this was going to continue quarter after, day after day, quarter after quarter. And it is. So every quarter, all the performance metrics continue to uh, grow. Our customers uh, embrace the technology. Uh, we experimented with live streams that ended up creating hundreds of thousands of dollars of new revenue. And as we looked at the end of 2022, we had no idea we were going to do this, but we had created 600 shoppable videos. My goodness. We created shoppable videos for everything. So our monthly offers, our weekly offers, our daily offers, price promotions, loyalty promotions, grand openings, fundraising. We had a shoppable video for everything. That's amazing. <laughs> and, uh, and the live streams just took off where the actual audience that would watch them live in the middle of the day, you'd have literally thousands of people watching live streams in the middle of the day from a grocery store. <laughs> and then the, the reruns would reach like 800,000 views, like a Netflix show. So you're like an entertainment company. Uh, and so <laughs> the audience was enormous. So 100 million views huh. of the videos. And our customers have spent 700 days worth of viewing time watching our ads. And that's like, it's like 700 that. days in, in 365 days, they had spent over 700 days worth of viewing time watching advertising, watching, literally watching the ads. And so 
At that point, we knew we had a huge audience. Most importantly, Michael, we knew that the performance was replicable because we had taken a year and it continued all the KPIs that you would need to go into the retail media network. The click-through rate, the engagement rate, the conversion rate, the audience, we would be able to guarantee at two, three, four, five times the performance metrics that our vendor partners were paying for other media, they get better performance, more immersive conversion, and a closer relationship with their customers for less than half the price. And so we, we went into, at that point, it was time for us to launch. We made it exclusive to this video platform, Shoppable Video. Uh, you know, obviously we have our magazine, then we have vendor funds associated with that. You know, so there's other retail media we do. But this specific one, we wanted to create a niche to differentiate ourselves from all the other big guys doing whatever the other big guys are doing by having a shoppable retail media network that gave you the technology to do it in live commerce or, or, live, or shoppable video. That's so cool. And I think it takes a lot of dollars out of that bidding war. Yeah. And you know, if you guys want to run that up, go ahead. <laughs> right. Now we've got this. Right. Just a couple of things like, hey, I think that it, also probably plays in perfectly to like the premier nature of the fresh market. Yes. That you've got these videos that just look nicer than anything else coming into the inbox. And you've got this robustness where you can tell you're not dabbling. So no. it's not, you know, it's encouragement to keep going because y'all are going to keep going. That's just everything. And one last thing, and I'm, I think it's still true, but I know it was true like three years ago. Yeah. Email is still the most profitable channel for brands mm -hmm. uh, almost across every single category. So I think your point of like people are going to social and they should be yeah. going to social. But if you were doing that at the expense of your email program, yeah, that's a, mistake. a little bit of recalibration. Might be yeah. Made. And what we also found is that the travel videos enhanced our email experience. So opt-out mm -hmm. rates went down. Yeah. Click-through rates went up. You know, so they made the email more effective. So we transformed, I know we hate using that word, the experience of our emails, of our of our website, if you look to that. And then we also transformed our, our uh, social platforms. We no longer post static uh, images on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, or TikTok. It's all shoppable video. And the, uh, and the engagement rates went up and the recall rates went up because of the shop video. As a CMO, you're entrusted with discerning the nuances of customer behavior, which, even in the best of times, can be unpredictable. In the wake of a global pandemic followed by inflation, your responsibilities may have become more complex than ever. How do you win customer loyalty in changing times? And how do you stay agile to help get better returns on your media investments? As choices for products and services continue to grow, marketing leaders may need new ways to help create more personalized experiences that can aid customer loyalty. This means exploring new tech-forward capabilities while also tailoring your current tech investments to help get more effective results. Through proprietary software and decades of real-world experience, PwC offers a range of services and products to give you human-led, 
tech-powered solutions designed to help with your needs. Understand your customers more deeply, gain greater visibility into your media and advertising spend, and help forge deeper connections with current customers while attracting new ones. Explore PwC's customer engagement solutions today at pwc.com. Build customer-centric experiences that resonate in a shifting world. That's just awesome. And so all of this incredible work in 365 days <laughs> earned you the 2021 CMO Innovator of the Year by the Millennium Alliance for Digital Transformation. So do you have any practice? I'm sure our listeners are out there just trying to put their brains back into their skulls, just hearing about all of this and the results of everything. Do you have any practical advice for marketers looking to take the route that you're traveling? Yeah, I mean, it's like one-on-one, guys. All marketers out there, hear ye, hear ye. <laughs> Get your pens and papers out. Start with the consumer. Thank you. Thank you. Do your home, do, do the data, understand the customer. I think the most important job you have to remember as a marketer within the organization is that you're accountable and responsible for two of the most valuable assets and a third, one of the most valuable productive productivity areas of the company. So the two of the most valuable assets are, and never relinquish these responsibilities to anybody else. It's like Good Witch of the North, Glenda, told Dorothy, never take those ruby red slippers off because the Wicked Witch of the West will get you. So never relinquish these two key things, the health of the brand yes. and the voice of the customer. Let's go. And these days, you have to be a major agent for innovation within the company. And all these new technologies, all these new media assets, all this IT and AI is not a competency that most on the senior executive team have. And they don't want to try to figure all this stuff out. They look for the marketers to help explain and tell them what to do with all this stuff. Those are three very powerful areas that you should lean into heavily and be best in class, get whatever resources you need to help you better understand your customer, be a voice of that customer, and then understand what's going on with your brand. Is your brand health, your net promoter scores and favorability scores, all that is going up or down and have a very sensitive measurement tool that will let you know which way you're going. It's like the political tracking. In fact, we use a political tracking research firm called Morning Consult. They're one of the best. So it's right direction, wrong direction. You better know if your brand is going in right direction or wrong direction. And if it flips from one to the other, you better know really quickly so you can make some adjustments. So that's really the most valuable thing you can do as a, as a marketer in today's uh, environment. No notes. Everybody run that back right now. Listen to it again, and then we can continue on with the podcast. But, <laughs> so before we pivot to questions that we ask all of our guests, 
Uh, if people are just losing their minds listening to all that that's happened in such a short amount of time and want to keep up with you because they don't want to miss what's next, yeah. where can we kind of follow uh, you in the fresh market as you continue to evolve and expand? Um, well, I think once you, uh, once you do the fundamentals, and again, it's all fun and games to sit here and talk about all the things we did and it uh, seems like it's fast, but you know, this has taken three years. Um, we had some wins along the way. First year, we had to lay down. It's it's the it's building the house of brick, straw, or uh, sticks. Which one, which path do you want to take? I would advise the bricks, and take whatever time that you need in order to put that really solid foundation down. Once you get buy-in from the organization on what your strategy is and what who your customer is and what direction you want to go. What are the KPIs for success, and uh, and make the business case to get the resources, people, and budget in order to go for it. Then get the right people on your internal team, get the right partners. There are a lot of folks out there. I have three strategic screens when it comes to bringing on a partner, and they have to help us do these three things: increase our reach with our existing or new customers increase our relevance in the marketplace with existing or new customers and increase our revenue mm -hmm. or reduce our cost. So find the right partners that can help add value in those ways, get them on the team, and then go for it. And then be very aggressive, very bold, try everything with that's within a strategy, and then see what, what works and what doesn't. And that's what I would advise. As I said, these three questions we ask all of our guests. This next one's open-ended by design. Kevin, what are your thoughts on diversity, equity, and inclusion? Well, that's a big question. So, uh, yes, yes, and yes. I believe in diversity. I believe in equity. I believe in inclusion. I believe that the marketing, media industry still have a long, long way to go. I believe that it is very important to... You know, let everybody that has done their homework and has uh, smart and uh, has a perspective to be in the room so that you don't miss anything. I believe that when you bring people together from different perspectives and experiences that you get a better product. But I believe there are still hurdles to to that. So I think the industry needs to make those find the right set of KPIs mm -hmm. that are anchored in the business's bottom line profit, EBITDA, and hold the organizations accountable for the DEI KPIs in the same manner as they do their, uh, their EBITDA KPIs. Absolutely. So that when the industry is ready to do that, then everybody will benefit. If they're not, it's still, there's still gonna be some enormous gaps. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I think you've nailed it. I think it can't be just like vibes. It needs measurement like every other thing you're taking seriously needs. Uh, and I think that that is often overlooked. So thank yeah. you for bringing that to the world. Yeah. All right, so you've been crushing it so far, but this is where we get into the tough question territory. <laughs> Kevin Miller, 2021 CMO Innovator of the Year. What's your favorite album of 
find and why? Oh, that is a really hard question. <laughs> Woo! Take some breaths. Let it come to you. We're here for you. Uh, I'd have to say my favorite album all time would be Michael Jackson's Thriller. Oh, yeah, come on. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, it was such a transformative album. Uh, great to dance to, great songs. Michael was so big before it, and then he got bigger. And then it brought on the whole um, video industry. MTV wouldn't be MTV. And that changed everything as well. And it's just, if you listen to it today, it sounds just as good as it did 35 years ago. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think that it was such a cultural yeah. moment. Crossover. But even if it was some under-the-radar thing, listening to that record, yeah. like, that is just incredible. Yeah. I, there's, this, there's a story that I absolutely love about how uh, Michael used to produce he would come in with every part of the song in his head, the bass line, the melody line, the things, and he would sing it to mm. the musicians before they went and played. And he would beatbox it for the drummer before he went and played. So he wrote every note without playing a single one of them on an instrument. Uh, and I just think that level of genius is, you know, it's sort of like Prince. There's yeah. so much to be in awe that you just miss these huge chunks where they right. were so far ahead of everybody that's everybody. not that's right. Well, okay, home run answer. Uh, can't can't get can't really get much better. Than <laughs> um, so let's bring it up to the present. I yeah. know you're a very very busy man, but in those moments of uh, Kevin time, is there something you're listening to now? Whether it's a song, artist, podcast. Oh movie, God, what's yeah. Exciting nowadays. Oh, I'm listening to. Well, I, you know, I listen to everything because it's really good to be able to tap into the on the Apple Music the essentials. Mm. So one day I'll be listening to James Taylor and Cat Stevens' greatest hits. Then I'll hear Bruno Mars. Mm -hmm. Then I'll uh, switch over to Meek Mill or Drake. Then I'll switch over to Tego Calderon or Donna Moore, reggaeton. And so the ability to, to listen to all those genres, those greats with the essentials, is really is really cool. That's so I don't I don't really have anything, and then I'll go back and listen to Sam Cooke and just marvel at how that guy can uh, he can sing a phone book and it would sound <laughs> fantastic, or Ray Charles's grittiness and passion, or Ella Fitzgerald and uh, Louis Armstrong duets. So I mean it's that. Again, technology allowing all that to be at the, your fingertips is pretty doggone amazing. And I'm, I even, um, I wanted to hate on Harry Styles. And, uh, and I listened to his essentials and I'm like, dang, I'm a Harry Styles fan. There you go. And I didn't want to be a Harry Styles fan. Because the guy, it. the kid is fantastic. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that you going into areas where yeah. you kind of have this preconceived notion. Yeah. You're like, but I want to see. Yeah. I, I really could appreciate that. Yeah. Kevin, this has been such an absolute pleasure. Uh, it's been an honor having you on the Marketing Futures. This is my pleasure. Thank you, Michael. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thanks for listening to the Marketing Futures Podcast. 
We hope you enjoyed this episode and that you'll join us next week as the Masters of Brandmasters series rolls on with Take 5 Oil Change and Car Wash CMO, Brady Noon. The Marketing Futures Podcast airs Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern. Have a topic or guest you'd like to hear on the pod? Shoot us a note at marketingfutures at ANA.net. And as always, find the insights and tools you need to future-proof your brand at ANA.net slash futures. This has been a presentation of the ANA Podcast Network, powered by Odyssey.